The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south and the transcendent power of God touches earth in the humility of Christ just here and now where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country. We gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, for our radio congregation across New England on NPR WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our inter internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
Let us pray. O God, because without you we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Well, beloved, on this day of remembrance, we enter this one moment to bring before divine love our apprehension and misapprehension of hope, our apprehension and misapprehension of spirit, our pneumatology and eschatology both. We pause in corporate silent confession as the choir sings our traditional Kyrie. Let us pray. Thou whose hope is brought in on the wings of spirit, thou whose spirit is given us by hope, embrace us with thy lasting love, we pray, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Beloved, hear the good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans, chapter 14, 
verses 1 through 12. Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating anything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day, observe it in honor of the Lord. Also those who eat, eat in honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to God while those who abstain, abstain in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. We do not live to ourselves and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then, each of us will be accountable to God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 114 with the antiphon. Israel went out from Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language. Judah became God's sanctuary, Israel God's dominion. The sea looked and fled, Jordan turned back, mountains skipped like rams, the hills like lambs. Why is it, O sea, that you flee, O Jordan, that you turn back? mountains that you skip like rams, O hills like lambs. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob. stand together for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but, I tell you, seventy-seven times. For this reason the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. 
When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
please be seated. We are a people somewhat dampened by fear. Since the year of kindergarten for our new undergraduates, there has been a little rain falling. In 1998, an afternoon rain and the word impeachment. And then in 1999, a bit of a, a storm, Y2K, our church had a committee so named. Perhaps you did too. And then in 2000, an election decided by nine votes. Can you spell dangling Chad? Do you remember what it was? And then the great hurricane of 10 years ago, 9-11, whose remembrance we mark this morning. And then 2002, and Adani Brook, a change from patience to preemption. And then a, a cataract, the storm, the tragedy of 2003, and the invasion of Iraq. And then a little more rain in 2004, an election decided in southern Ohio, and a real storm, tsunami. And then uh, a little bit of a cloudburst in 2005 and more, Katrina. Rain falling in 2006, a shift to surge and an election again. 2007 with the pitter pad on virtually every house and every housing market in the country. 2008, back to the polls and a great recession whose effects continue. 14 million, 14 million, 14 million hunting for work. 2009 and TARP and resurgence and Gulf oil and 2010 and to this day a country on the edge separated between liberty and justice, freedom and compassion, liberal and conservative is as if in the long run one could ever have one without the other and as if any bird of any feather could fly with just one wing. You may feel a little bit moist in the soul, and if so, take a little heart. It's been raining. You have reason. Now it's sunshine today, and it's sunny today, and we're going to bask for a little bit in the light and warmth of that sunshine and the gospel for this morning, my dear dad, a BU graduate, said the following sentence. He knew he didn't create it, but he said it with such frequency and authority that he made it his own. He said, just because you're paranoid does not mean they're not out to get you. There are at least two negatives in there, and we follow the train. It was his way of saying we need a balance, don't we, between realism and self-awareness. We have every reason, 
and make no apology for defending innocent life, children, the elderly, women and men near and far. That is part of our stewardship responsibility. But we carry also a sense of some of the deeper troubles across the globe that are not are not only security issues, they're religious issues. And religious issues require the attention of religious people, that is you and me, together. That is, we have brewing uh, an imaginative set of constructs about hope and spirit. We had a surgeon who worshiped with us some years ago who would come through the back door after worship and say, Dr. Hill, how's your protoplasm? I don't think much about my protoplasm. But to him today I would say, Dr. Perrin, how is your eschatology? How is your pneumatology? That is, how are we with regard to our sense of spirit and sense of hope, our sense of presence and our sense of promise, our sense of earth, our sense of heaven? There's some bad eschatology at work in almost every religious tradition None, including our own, has a corner on the market of sometimes supposing that violence can lead to resurrection or peace. No, that's not the province of one tradition. We find it in our own. There's some bad pneumatology, too, that sense of spirit that confines, that constricts, that makes of different cultural practice a target. We need a better sense, don't we, of hope and of spirit. We need to attend a little bit this morning. And fortunately, by grace, Paul and Matthew will help us in just a minute to remember. You know the old Negro spiritual, the old black spiritual, do you have good religion or bad religion? Religion can be a good thing. Often it is not. Religion qua religion is not necessarily a good thing. Good religion transcends boundaries, whether they be of presence or of promise, of spirit, or of hope. There's a transcendence at work in the goodness of God. You know our scriptures today have sisters and brothers in all of the traditions. I could have read out for you sentences from traditions Baha'i and Buddhist and Hindu and Muslim and Jewish and Christian and all. So Paul guides us to think about our sense of spirit. You know his Chapter Romans 14, I don't know that there's been an age that more needed that redirection than our own. Sometimes that chapter is read as church talk, church leaders speaking to church members, you know, Jews and Gentiles get along, the liberal, the strong are to get along with the conservative, the weak. There is to be harmony in the body of the church, and so we are to share an allegiance to Christ, but 
Read the lesson carefully. Paul has bigger fish to fry this morning than a good reminder, and good it always is, of able ecumenism, as important as that can be. Paul is speaking about a cosmic transformation. And what this globe needs is not a religious revival, but a cultural renaissance of hope and of spirit. He's guiding us to think about our sense of embrace and just how wide it is. You know, Daniel Marsh in 1949 designed a chapel. He probably took a little heat for the way he did it because he decided there would be no permanent cross. Do you notice that? Oh, we carry one. No permanent cross here. He decided there would be a Star of David in one of the back windows. And he decided to place Abraham Lincoln in a prominent position along with the Gospel writers and Athanasius and Assisi. For his time, transcending inherited boundaries, we shall need to do the same in our time. You know, you need to finish a BA in human religious likeness before you go on to an MA in human religious difference. Of course there are differences, but you need to summon and to channel your internal perennialist for the next 50 years. The petty narcissism of small differences may have been an irritant in the 20th century, but religiously it will maim us in the 21st, where we can let go of outmoded and unneeded religious difference. We need readily to do so and to embrace at the bachelor's level the likeness abroad in spirit and in hope. Here is what I mean. All six billion of us, those who are here survive the birth canal and carry some survivor's guilt. We feel it today. All six billion. All six billion of us need every day bread and a name. One does not live by bread alone. All six billion. We grow, we change, we leave home and gain a second identity. All six billion if we are fortunate. We love our children, our families, our homes, our grandchildren in a very like fashion. All six billion. We all get older as time goes by. We age. My friend says after 40, it's maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. And we all shuffle off this mortal coil en route to that country from whose born no traveler returns. All six billion. Nine out of 10 basic bachelor's level human religious events and interactions we share. I just listed them from birth through growth, through love to aging and death. We need to earn the bachelor's level degree before we go on to the master's level. Good religion transcends boundaries. We also have dear doer Matthew before us. You may find Matthew difficult and dark. He is, though he concludes the fourth part of his gospel with a parable that is unmistakable in its meaning. He concludes it on a judgmental note, but. That reflects for us in our own tradition some odium theologicum at the end of the first century, not just in John, 
It's here in dark Matthew as well. And yet the parable is unmistakable. You can't win the game, infers Matthew, by playing defense alone. The Red Sox cannot win with pitching alone. There has to be some hitting. There has to be some forward motion. There has to be a way to move into the future to a new creation. And in the gospel, that path is divine delight in mercy. Read Matthew 9.13 where he quotes from the, the, the older scripture, I delight in mercy and not sacrifice. But Matthew's Greek word is referring to happiness, joy, divine love. The way of the divine is pardon and mercy. So John Wesley could say, if thine heart be as mine, then give me thine hand. How else are we going to find a way forward than to develop each one and as a community, beginning with the light, salt, and, and presence of Marsh Chapel, a spiritual discipline against resentment. That's Niebuhr, by the way. Friends, the World Trade Center may have fallen 10 years ago, but the truth at the center of the world still stands. The World Trade Center, global nexus of economic life may have fallen, but the economy of grace stands at the truth in the center of the world. The World Trade Center, source of communication, may have fallen, but the communication of good news at the truth in the center of the world continues. The World Trade Center, a source of national honor, may have fallen, but divine compassion and humility continue at the truth which is at the center of the world. And we may feel a little moist We've used our umbrellas, but it's been raining. But still, at the heart of things, there is a capacity we share to develop a spiritual discipline against resentment. What difference will our gathering this morning or our observances today make? Our university chaplain sat with some students earlier in the year and one said, for today, I want a chance to remember. And so we have a place on which you can write remembrances outside the chapel. I want a time to observe and name and honor. And so following worship, we invite you to come out the side doors and stand for a, a pattern and a time of observance. Those listening on the radio still have enough time to get here if you come down Commonwealth Avenue. And then she said, I want to see one good thing I could do. And we have followed her lead. In 1995, I officiated at the wedding of Jim, a Texan religion teacher and Methodist minister, and Betsy, a health specialist and first responder. 10 years ago after the ashes of 9-11 settled, she made an appointment to see a neighbor she didn't know at all, a Muslim woman. And over 10 years, she and her neighbor in the little city of Syracuse, New York, developed a monthly set of meanings, transcending senses of belonging, of meaning, 
and of empowerment to make of a gathering for good. You can see her today in the New York Times supplement about 9-11 and otherwise a difficult and dark reading. But here, one candle, Betsy, one bell. George Buttrick wrote about a Boston evening. He'd been to the Boston Symphony, and he watched as the orchestra finished a portion, and there he was watching the man with the triangle and the hammer. It turned out that in that portion, the man had only one note to play. Buttrick found his eyes fixed because what if he came in late? What if he came in early? What if he dropped the hammer? What if he dropped the triangle? But as Buttrick says, you know, nobody in the audience might have noticed, but the conductor would have. And we are responsible to the conductor and the score first. The moment came, in he went, and his ping, right way, right time, right moment. And Buttrick ended, how I would like in the hereafter to meet the conductor, having played my little ping in the right way. Me too, George. Me too. Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Friends, we pause now to take the time to offer our prayers to God. You may sit, stand, kneel, or come to the altar rail as according to your tradition. Now please join me in singing, Lead Me, Lord. Let us now read together the litany of remembrance. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. We would remember this day 
those whose lives were taken in moments and acts of violence by aggressors on September 11, 2001. God's steadfast love stretches high overhead like the canopy of heaven. We would remember those first responders who risked their lives and those who lost their lives that others might live. God's compassion, constancy of presence, and steadfast love emerges with America's full fidelity in human form. We would remember those families and friends whose loved ones died in the tragedy of collapsing towers and its groundswell of dust. Bless the Lord, O my soul. The Lord heals, redeems, and restores, changing us with steadfast love and mercy. We would remember ourselves whose lives, hearts, and minds were affected, turning to faith as our stronghold knowing God values relationships over retribution. God's mercy washes over us like a gentle rain, and our lives as a result are opened up to a whole new world of possibility. We would remember our world, a fragile island home, and in remembrance strive to make it God's kingdom of love and peace. Guiding and empowering spirit, we wait upon your silent breath that gives life to our faith, that makes active our love, and emboldens our commitment, giving direction to our lives. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us all. Amen. And now we join together in saying together the prayer that your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. peace of the Lord be always with you. 
We greet this morning our Director of Music, Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett, for a special word about our guest choir this morning. Good morning. It's a pleasure to greet you and to turn your attention to the bulletin. This year, the Marsh Chapel Choir and Music at Marsh Chapel begin a year-long and regular, consistent focus on the music of living composers. This morning, you might have noticed our introit is by a composer born in 1975, who is an alumnus of Boston University, has a master's degree in choral conducting, was a member of the chapel choir, Drew Collins. You'll hear more of his music later this year. The first anthem the chapel choir sang was by longtime music director, Julian Walkner, who's now the director of music and the arts at Trinity Wall Street, holds many degrees from Boston University, and is a working, living, thriving, flourishing composer and conductor. Also new this year, I turn our attention to the insert of the bulletin, which is about a group that appears before you, Lorelei. They, with their conductor, Beth Willer, an alumna of Boston University and a current doctoral student in conducting, are our newest artist and ensemble in residence at Marsh Chapel. Their concerts and materials appear in our term book, and I encourage you to include those dates in your calendars as we move forward through the year and to support this ensemble whose information you can read about in the insert. They are a women's group dedicated to serving and honoring music of women composers, new and old, and bring to us music of a living composer this morning, a composer by the name of Scott Ordway. Would you please welcome with me Beth Willer and the members of Lorelei who will sing our offertory anthem this morning. Please welcome them. We offer special greetings this morning as well to our new Episcopal University chaplain, the Reverend Dr. Cameron Partridge, and thank him for his presence and leadership of our psalm this morning. We would note that the 9-11 service of remembrance following this service at noon on the plaza, uh, we hope you will stay and attend that. Uh, we would encourage you, during, uh, after the clergy have left during the postlude, to make your exit by the side doors and out the side doors of the chapel in order to come out by the porticos to the plaza so as not to run into the platform party. Uh, we would also note that you may wish to make use of the um, remembrance boards in the portico on, uh, to the left as you're facing Commonwealth Avenue to offer your remembrances of the events 10 years ago. We do hope you'll keep an eye to the Marsh Chapel website, bu.edu slash chapel, for ongoing services and activities and the opportunity for online giving. We hope also you'll let us know that you're here today by signing in on the uh, red uh, pads on the, along the center aisle of each pew and to put your name and contact information there so that we can be in touch throughout the week. Now walk in love as, as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
Almighty God, our comfort and sustainer, bless these gifts and the givers. Let them be instruments of your grace. We pray in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen.
sun shall warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you. Amen. <laughs>